Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Killer Hearts Club. We are your hosts and club presidents, Cronin and Penelope. In this podcast, we discuss cases of couples who share a dangerous passion. Murder! (laughs) (laughs) One day we'll get it. Episodes of this show will be released every other week, where we, your hosts, will take turns focusing on an individual case of couples who kill. Just a quick note, we are recording this remotely. We are also brand new to podcasting, so take her easy. (laughs) We have countless hours listening to podcasts each. Honestly, we're obsessed, so if you have comments or suggestions on how to make the show better, we'll be plugging our social media info at the end of the show. Okay, Cronin. It's my turn to tell you a story this week. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's a good one. My story takes place in 2006, so it's actually pretty recent, and I love that, and I know you like (laughs) old stories. I like new stories. Um, I like them both. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) It takes place in a town called Medicine Hat, which is in Alberta. Mm -hmm. It's actually only about five hours away from where I reside at the moment. Ooh, close to home. Right? So that's why I was like, this is cool. I got to do this. You've probably, once I get into it, you've probably actually already heard about it, but whatever. It's fun. So it's 2006. The crocodile hunter just died. Oh, no. I know it was a sad year. So on April 23rd, 2006, a young boy who, unfortunately, his name was never put in the papers because he was only six years old. Uh, He went to go call on his friend and neighbor to go outside and play. Uh, His friend's name was Jacob. He was eight years old. When he went to go call and ring the doorbell at the house, uh, nobody answered. When no one opened the door or anything, he peered into the window and noticed pools of blood in the hallways. Oh, fuck. He immediately ran back to his house and his parents called 911. Wait, how old is this little boy? Is he eight, you said? He's six. He's six. Oh, he's six. Okay. His friend is eight. Oh, so young. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the police arrive at 1 p.m. The bodies of Mark, aged 42, and Deborah, 48, were found stabbed to death in their basement. Upstairs, in his blood-soaked bed, they found Jacob, eight years old. Oh, no. Piecing the events together, the police found that Deborah was killed first after being stabbed at least a dozen times. Mark fought back with a screwdriver, but was eventually stabbed to death as well. Jacob was stabbed multiple times and then had his throat slashed. Ugh, gruesome. For a little kid, too. Yeah, it's rough. Overkill. Now... Upon searching for evidence in the basement, police noticed a family portrait, and the portrait contained four people, so mom, dad, Jacob, and then their 12-year-old daughter, Jasmine Richards. Oh no, the daughter. So the daughter is missing. The police immediately put out an amber alert for her. They assumed she was abducted. Um, They kind of spoke to neighbors and stuff, saying like, Asking if they saw anything. Where did she go? Was anybody around the house? Mm -hmm. Um, So like huge frenzy kind of like, where's this 12 year old girl? Right. Because they're concerned for her at this point. Exactly. Um, So still desperately searching for the young daughter who is presumed abducted. The police went to the girl's junior high school. They searched her locker and in their locker, 
they found this like <laughs> oh it's so bad i'm they laughing because this. you're laughing but it, i feel like it's it's going to be bad stupid um anyways so they found a drawing of stick figures like kind of like a stick figure comic drawing of her burning her house down with her parents inside and then running away with her boyfriend i mean i get why you're laughing it's just such a 12 year old thing to do like stick figures burn down a house running away with your boyfriend and it's like this is your master plan drawn out (laughs) hidden in your locker at school yeah right so it was at this moment jasmine richards immediately turned from missing person to murder suspect Mm. police eventually located jasmine with her boyfriend jeremy stanky Uh, sorry stank okay (laughs) stanky stanky like s-t-e-i-n-k-e stanky oh okay okay or am i saying that completely wrong no, no, no. You could be totally right. But uh, I. No, it sounded like you were saying stinky. <laughs> what, stanky? Stinky? Yeah, stank, like stanky. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, anyways, they were found in Jeremy's truck. They were about, they were a province over in Saskatchewan. They're only about like an hour and a half away. Um, now, Jeremy is 23 years old. Okay. Jasmine, once again, is 12. Oh, this is getting more yeah. and more. There's a, an 11-year difference between them. Yeah, and she's a literal child. Yeah, oh yeah. Jasmine and Jeremy, they met at a punk rock show. Uh, they also both had accounts on a website called vampirefreaks.com. Oh my god. And now, this is 2006? 2006. Okay, so that's like peak peak internet time where where people are making websites about yes. vampires. Yes. Now I did go to uh, vampirefreaks.com. It still is a website, but it's no longer like a social media website. It, oh, they bummer. just sell merch. Okay. For that website? Like, yeah. Oh maybe. No, well, it's like goth clothing and like you know, okay. like purses shaped like coffins and like the- it's more thematic shopping. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Some of the stuff was pretty cool. Like, there's definitely some dresses I would wear. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that it still exists. I mean, that's a great Um, URL, so I get it. Like, they also had MySpace. um, And then they had this, and it, apparently it was like a Canadian social media thing, but I've never heard of it. It's called, like, Nexopia or Nexopia. Um, Vaguely familiar, maybe, but I, it's not, like... That also is still a website. Oh, hey, look at mm-hmm. that. Going strong. Yes. Two for two. Um, now, Jasmine's page, it went under the name Runaway Devil. <laughs> and uh, and she falsely said she was 15 years old. Uh, her, like, personal message was, welcome to my tragic end. Oh, my God. Like, you know, like her banner or whatever. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking about MySpace. I'm thinking about, you know, HTML. Yeah. I'm picturing it. Yes. Now, uh, in all like the news articles and stuff, it all says like she dressed goth and punk. But like she's just kind of like emo and scene. That's what I would categorize it as not goth. Right. Yeah. But 
anyways she always wore like lots of makeup lots of dark eyeliner mm-hmm. um she made herself look a lot older than what she was um and I did send you pictures so you can look yeah. at that and like she I'm actually at it now. like such a cute pretty young girl she she's does, very pretty she does not look 12 no not at all you know what she's got like I think because it's because of the time but she's got heavy Avril Lavigne vibes but yes. like way angrier <laughs> yes and it could be the gun that she's holding in her hand right. the wood paneling behind her but she's just yeah. not looking happy in any sort of no respect. um now despite being like alternative goth whatever she actually had a really normal upbringing there's no signs of abuse her family mm-hmm. was very loving she was pretty close with them until she kind of started dating jeremy is when things kind of got a little weird with her family Um, now Jeremy's upbringing wasn't as wholesome as Jasmine's his mother was an alcoholic and her partner abused Jeremy he was bullied a lot at school and Mm -hmm. by the time he met Jasmine he actually already attempted suicide more than once oh no um now Jeremy from the age of 13 he had developed an elaborate persona he liked heavy metal music goth music stuff um I was trying to look at like cool what kind of bands was he into like let's let's see this list and yeah. the only thing I could see was like Marilyn Manson and I was like okay oh okay boring like the, the right my dad took me to a Marilyn Manson I, I know when like I was young <laughs> <laughs> I think I was 12 yeah it was around the same age I think I was 12 yeah see so like, funny to me that's not heavy metal goth whatever anyways no. we're not here to judge them on their music taste no 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 Jeremy also liked to wear a vial of blood around his neck. Not and, cute. I'm sorry, uh, not cute. <laughs> Depending, I guess, on what blood, but for the most part, not yeah. cute. What uh, blood was it? Do you know? No. It probably no, wasn't bummer. even blood. Probably not. You're right. Um, now, he also claimed to um, not be a 23-year-old boy, but he was a 300-year-old werewolf. <laughs> that's no yeah so something's going on there yeah i'd say but in all my research there was an even bigger red flag that i found then and he thinks he's a werewolf yes he was a huge fan of chris angel mind freak <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh, no. To me, that's worse. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I can't argue with you there. (laughs) Okay, so when Jasmine's parents found out that she was dating a 23-year-old, they had a completely normal response, and they prohibited her daughter from seeing him. Yeah. But they were in love, of course. Tragic. Now, livid at Jasmine's parents, Jeremy wrote on his Nexopia blogging platform. Uh, it's dated April 3rd, 2006. So it's just 20 days before the family was found murdered. Mm. Okay, I'm going to read it. It's a little bit long. Payment. My lover's parents are totally unfair. They say that they really care. They don't know what is going on. They just assume. As their greed continues to consume, she is slowly going insane. She continues to think that I came into her life to help her out and to stop what they keep trying to shout. 
It's all total bullshit. Their throats I want to slit. They will regret the shit they've done, especially when I see to it that they are gone. They shall pay for their insolence. Finally, there shall be silence. Their blood shall be payment. The post was obviously removed by the website staff. Yeah. Wow. So that was 20 days before the murder. Once police were doing their investigation and they confiscated both of their computers, they discovered that it was actually Jasmine who first proposed the plan. In an email, she told Jeremy, it begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. Jeremy was receptive to the idea. He replied, well, I love your plan, but we needed to get a little bit more creative with like details and stuff. And they are talking online about this? Like this is online transcripts or something? Or what is this? It's emails. Oh, emails. Okay, okay. So like private email, but I mean, they eventually drew pictures and left them at school. And Right. Um, They're leaving the biggest like paper trail on and off line. Uh, Jasmine told all her friends about it too. <laughs> Great. Word of mouth. Why not toss yeah. that in? Yeah, so she told all her friends they didn't believe her. They thought she was just, like, joking and being pissed off. Yeah. Obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the night before the murders, Jasmine and Jeremy watched the movie Natural Born Killers. As one does before a murder. You've you've seen that movie? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, for those who haven't, it came out in 1994. It's a film about two lovers who go on a massive killing spree. In the plot, the boyfriend has to kill the girlfriend's parents so she could be free of their control and live with him and then they go on this huge murder spree together after being arrested jeremy said you ever watched the movie natural born killers i think that's the best love story of all time god i just biggest eye roll i feel like their head is just up their ass like so far out of touch with reality absolutely so the night of the murders Jasmine snuck Jeremy into their into her house. He wore a ski mask to hide his identity. Um, Jas- Jasmine stayed upstairs while Jeremy went to the basement. He kind of did something to like cause some noise, and then Jasmine's mother Deborah went downstairs to like investigate. investigate. He attacked her and stabbed her twelve times. And then when Jasmine's father went downstairs, he tried to fight him off with a screwdriver. But unfortunately, he still was stabbed 24 times and died. Oh, woof. Um, Jeremy claims that when he was downstairs with the parents, Jasmine was upstairs and she was the one who killed her eight-year-old brother. Um, no. ja- Jasmine at first denied this, but then later admitted that she was the one who stabbed him and the one who slit his throat. Oh, Jasmine. Yeah, her eight-year-old brother. I couldn't even imagine. Like, there's just no way. Yeah. Not in yeah. any psychopathic part of my brain. I can't really justifiably say that, but like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Now, so they're both charged with murder. And so under the Youth Criminal Justice Act, 12 is the youngest possible age is what a person could be charged with a crime. Convicts who were under 14 years of age at the time they commit a crime cannot be sentenced as adults and cannot be given more than a 10-year sentence. 10 years? So, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So Jasmine, at the time, because of her age, she pled not guilty. 
She said she had a hypothetical conversation about killing her family, but didn't intend on ever going through with it. Uh, unfortunately for Jasmine, on July 9th, 2007, she was found guilty of three counts of first degree murder. She was sentenced to the maximum penalty of just 10 years. Her sentence included credit for the 18 months already spent in custody, and then they're to be followed by four years in a psychiatric institution, and then four and a half years under conditional supervision in the community. So it wasn't even like jail. Wow. It was like institution and then right to basically counselor to be. Yeah. And then reintegration or whatever. Yeah. So she kind of got back to a normal life-ish. Right. Um. Now, Jeremy was sentenced to three life sentences for each of the murders. He'll be eligible for parole after 25 years. Now, Jasmine, so in her final year of serving, she was, I don't know how old she was. I didn't do that math. <clears throat> well, did she, she ended up serving nine years, right? No, she did. She did 10. She did her full 10. So but she was 22. So, whatever. Anyways, I'm just going to read my sentence. So in Jasmine's final year of her like supervised community sentence, she enrolled into university and it was rumored, like huge rumor, that it was the Mount Royal University in Calgary and Medicine Hat is very close to Calgary. So that, that totally makes sense. That makes sense. Now, of course, I was like doing tons of Googling, like, where are they now? What's going on? And I found somebody posted this on Reddit yeah (laughs) and it kind of made me laugh um but this guy also went to mount royal university at that time he posted a guy used to buy stuff in quotations (laughs) guy used to buy stuff from is with a woman who looks incredibly similar to the old pictures of jasmine the ages matches perfectly and the rumor around here is that she showed up in our town just a couple years ago right around when the sentence probation was finished. I've searched her current name online and she doesn't have any sort of social media account whatsoever. However, I've also done plenty of searching. I can't find any 100% conclusive evidence linking the two names. It's pretty much just the matching ages, dates, and the pictures. But with her new name not being on social media, I can't find any recent pictures of her to compare the two. If they are the same person, then she still isn't exactly an upstanding member of, of the community. But her boyfriend sells some fantastic drugs and she does a pretty <laughs> decent job of tagging in to cover for him whenever he gets arrested. Also, I'm pretty <laughs> sure fucking a drug dealer is an upgrade to a 300-year-old werewolf, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Neither are top choice, but I get what they're saying. <laughs> I don't know, I just... It made me laugh because it like, <laughs> to me, I feel like that's got to be her because who doesn't have social media? Yeah. Like it's just anyways. So on May 6, 2016, two weeks after the murder's 10 year anniversary, her mandatory supervision was lifted and her sentence was officially complete. Wow. So she is out, doesn't have to report to anybody. Nope. Probably new name hanging, right yep ha- probably hanging out with carlo moco who is also <laughs> out and doesn't have to yeah You're probably right so 2016 just wasn't a good year uh it also was the same year that trump was elected 
Oh. Uh, Zika virus was a thing. The Flint, Michigan water crisis happened. And then, rough. That's really rough. <laughs> Jasmine was released from prison. Yeah. Uh, now, I kind of have a little personal story about this story. Oh. Yes. Um. So here, I like I said earlier in the story, is I live about five hours away from Medicine Hat, mm-hmm. uh, where I work. I'm not going to give too much information, but uh, we offer mental health services. I work with lots of social workers, lots of psychologists, psychiatrists, everything. One day at work, we were sharing stories, and I was talking with a more senior uh, psychologist. Actually, sorry, she's a social worker. Um, And we were talking just about, like, kind of past jobs and being in weird situations. And she said, oh, I used to work down at a psychiatric facility down in Calgary, which is very close to Medicine Hat. Um, She said it was for like long-term staying of like every types of people. But she said, I had, there was this one young girl who was like 13, 14, who was like really kind of a fish out of the water there because no one else was really that young, but she was on high alert and always needed supervision. And I was like, oh, was she suicidal or something? And uh, my coworker said, no, she killed her whole family with her boyfriend. Same girl, Jasmine? So, well, she would never say that. Right, you can't. And then she said, the crazy thing is, is she's actually released now. So I'm pretty sure my coworker used to uh, treat jasmine when she was at the psychiatric right right facility which is just like what are what are the chances she's talking about somebody else right in in, yeah in southern alberta no right right just yeah small world that is crazy i know so as soon as i saw this this story i was like oh i gotta tell it because i think my coworker knows her yeah and i i don't think i've ever heard of this one i felt like i recognized her from the photos um but maybe not even I don't recognize the, like, the story. The 300 year old werewolf part, you don't remember? Like, no, that? and I feel like that's pretty memorable. So, yes. no. Good yes. story. I loved Anyways, it. Yeah, that's the story of the Richardson family murder. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. If you like our show, you can rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Killer Hearts Club Pod or check out our Patreon where you can support our show. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.